what it is, yo. What's up? This is your host of Real Talk Sports, Deontay Smith. And this pod is going to consist of my Black Monday reactions, college football playoff reaction, and with the season officially being over, we have the Cleveland Browns on the clock. And we'll see what else comes up, or we'll just go with the flow on this episode. So not too surprising. Uh, we had Chuck Pagano fired from the Colts. Uh, he went 53-43 and 43 in six years with the Colts. Uh, I believe his biggest issue was not having Andrew Luck and missing the playoffs three consecutive seasons in a row. What, what he could have done better is surround... Andrew Luck with a better offensive line. He just got beat up too much. I know that's what everybody says. Uh, Andrew Luck didn't have any protection. It's almost like going into a bank without security guards. Um, with Andrew Luck being the bank and his offensive lineman being the guards, he just didn't have not. He just did not have even average uh, bodyguards. John Fox of the Chicago Bears was fired. Uh, he went 14 and 34 in three seasons in Chicago. Um, in my opinion, I feel like Mitchell Trubisky could have bought him one or two more seasons, but that one or two more seasons went out of the window when he gave Trubisky the starting job. Because it's now the GM and owner have a sample size of what they're working with with Trubisky. Um, and we all know about the Ben McAdoo firing from the Giants. Um, this happened a little bit earlier, but this is a vacancy. Um, and I believe I've already given my reaction to it, but I will do it again. Um, when they fired him, the clean house, I think that's going to bode well for rebuilding the Giants franchise. Now, the most surprising firing is Jim Caldwell from the Detroit Lions. That caught me by surprise. He went 9-7 and seven in his last year. Um, he's, he's gone 36-28 and 28 in the last four years. I believe they have unrealistic expectations. Um, I understand them believing they should have been the division winner with Case Keenum leading the Vikings and Brett Hundley leading the Packers for most of the season. But the Lions just aren't a complete team just yet. And I believe their window is closing with Matthew Stafford um, likely on the tail end of his career. Not saying it's over, but he, he's not, he doesn't have six or seven more years. Bruce Arians retired. And another note on top of that, Carson Palmer also retired from the Arizona Cardinals. The most surprising move was the move that didn't happen. Hugh Jackson was retained by the Cleveland Browns. Uh, he went 0-16, but they do have... They do believe in him. They do have uh, Josh Gordon, which is a, a fine offensive weapon. Um, but they do have holes all over their offense and defense. 
Jack Del Rio was fired from the Oakland Raiders, soon to be Las Vegas Raiders. Um, he was fired 10 months after signing a four-year extension. So that will lead me into the next topic um, and what I believe is about to go down in Oakland. So let's discuss the Oakland Raiders and their head coaching search. Reports are they're going to be reaching out to John Gruden. And when they reach out to him, they're going to offer him a contract and a stake in the team. So they're going to make him a minority owner of the team. Now, John Gruden has been known to flirt with many teams. Um, every year he flirts because he's always the hottest name. Um, he, There were reports that he flirted with the Tennessee Volunteer job. But... I do believe his heart is in Oakland, even though he lives in Tampa. Which, let me stop there. Dirk Cutter being retained in Tampa kind of tells me that they couldn't get John Gruden. And John Gruden is in their backyard. They wanted Gruden to come back. But Gruden ultimately has chosen the Oakland Raiders. Because how do you explain giving a guy a four-year extension 10 months ago and firing him. That's a lot of money on the table. That's a lot of buyout money. You, like, it's a very Al Davis move, but it is coming from Al Davis's seed. And from what I've been reading, um... John Gruden has come out and said he thinks there's a good chance he'll be coaching the Raiders next season. So Mike Davis is looking like he's going to correct a wrong that his father made by bringing John Gruden back into the fold. And there have been talks about John Gruden bringing in Rich Gannon as a coordinator. Now, after reading and doing some research on John Gruden, is he really worth a stake in ownership? Is he is he worth firing a guy who you had faith in ten months ago? Because in Tampa, he won with. Tony Dungy's players. Uh, he never developed a quarterback. Um, in Oakland, he he was mediocre for two seasons. Then he had his breakthrough season, and uh, he was traded following that. Which is so weird that a coach can be traded. But I understand the the character of John Gruden, but people saying that he's going to be the savior of the Raiders franchise, I don't know. I mean, he has a quarterback in place, so he doesn't have to develop one. So this may be an awesome fit for him. He has a solid defense, um, much like when he left, when they had Bill Romanowski. Charles Woodson. They don't have 
guys of that caliber. But Khalil Mack, who can be a great anchor for that defense, all he needs to do is surround him with a nice front four. So now I, I posed a question to my listeners. Um, feel free to call in. Let me know what you think. Is John Gruden an overrated coach? Uh, and if you don't believe he is, tell me why he isn't overrated. And if you agree with me, give me reasons why you also agree with me. Now let's talk about the college football playoff. Um, on New Year's Day, we had Georgia upset Oklahoma 54-48. to and I believe double overtime. Um, and Alabama handed it to Clemson 24-6. to So now we have a all-SEC championship game. Now, uh, hats off to Baker Mayfield for playing, for having an amazing college football career. Going from walk-on to Heisman Trophy winner. I'm pretty sure he's the first to ever do that. That's the kind of stuff you only do on the NCAA football franchise. Go from walk-on to Heisman winner. But he was able to make it a reality. So hats off to him. He's definitely one of my favorite players to watch in college football. Was one of my favorite players to watch in college football. Um, And I believe he'll find a, a place in the NFL. Hopefully... With a better team that allows him to grow up a little bit, um, not be in the spotlight as much. Um, a great fit for him would be, say, the uh, New Orleans Saints, where it's a wide open offense. They uh, they will have time to have Drew Brees mentor him and groom him for the position. I would like to say that Arizona would be a great place for him, but I don't know what kind of coach is going to be hired so only time will tell and as we get closer to the draft I'm sure his stock will fluctuate up and down because of character issues when you start picking apart his his tape um because if you notice when he's under pressure he gets happy feet and as lazy of a comparison it is teams will compare him to Johnny Menzel as far as the red flags with the character issues much like the incident that happened in Fayetteville. And if you're unfamiliar with that incident, please go Google it. Don't have a ton of time to elaborate on it. Clemson looked overwhelmed against Alabama in their game. Um, Alabama really took it to them by just pounding the clock away. So let's talk about the championship game. We have teacher versus pupil. Nick Saban versus Kirby Smart. So I throw some stats out there. In 11 matchups versus former assistants, Nick Saban is 11 and 0. Nick Saban's teams have outscored his former assistant 427 to 111. And I like to give a round of applause to Kirby Smart for the quick rebuilding that he has done. It almost looks like Mark Rick didn't know how to coach. With all due respect to Mark Rick, who is on his way to restoring the youth.
in Miami. But Kirby Smart already has the number one class, and it's probably one of the top five classes ever signed by any school. He gets the number one running back, number one quarterback. He has the number one five stars everywhere. It it makes me believe Kirby Smart was the mastermind behind the consistent pipeline of five stars into the Alabama program. So next Monday when they face off, Kirby Smart will be trying to do something no one has ever done against Nick Saban. That was a former assistant, and that is beat him. So listeners, tell me who you got. You're going to go with the Crimson Tide, who we've all kind of gotten fatigue of when it comes to winning championships, or you're going to take the underdog in Georgia Bulldogs and Kirby Smart, who wants to pull off something no other assistant, former assistant of Nick Saban has ever done, and that's beat him. Call in, let me know. The Cleveland Browns are on the clock. The Browns have until April to decide what or whom they're going to pick. Now, I can tell you their biggest needs, quarterback, running back, offensive line, linebacker, and corner are their biggest needs. Um, now, what the heck are they going to do with the number one pick and the number four pick? I spoke with one of my trusted friends. Whenever he has an opinion, I listen. And I asked him if he believed Kaiser was the future. And he said absolutely not. So what kind of compensation can you get for Kaiser? That That's going to be the biggest question that uh, Jimmy Haslam, I believe is his name, is going to have to to look at because um, you're going to be starting over clean once again for maybe the third year in a row. Just remember, the Cleveland Browns passed up on Carson Wentz, passed up on Deshaun Watson. I don't know if they are willing to pass up on another quarterback. Now, if you take Rosen, uh, Rosen doesn't want to be there. I don't know if they're taking Rosen. They may take him and trade him. A lot like you saw with the Eli Manning, San Diego Chargers ordeal. Sam Darnold needs another year, but he doesn't care where he plays. So Sam Darnold may be their quarterback of the future. Um, in their eyes, to me, there isn't a franchise quarterback in this draft. The closest thing will be Josh Rosen. Um, the re- I just believe Rosen is a system quarterback. And by system quarterback, I mean he's, he does the things that he's asked to do well. He doesn't break out of the system. There's nothing wrong with being system quarterback. System quarterback to win Super Bowls. Look at Tom Brady. Um, he's one of the best system quarterbacks there is. Aaron Rodgers. He's a benefit of a system. He benefits from the quick passing game of the system. Now, UCLA went 6-6. Six and six. Josh Rosen had a 30th ranked 
passer rating, which isn't bad, but Sam Darnold was ahead of him. Baker Mayfield was ahead of him. Lamar Jackson was ahead of him. So statistically speaking, he doesn't blow you away. It's what you see on film that separates him from the from the other three or four quarterbacks. He he's from a pro style offense, so he understands the concepts. But he's not a quarterback that I want to build my team around because he doesn't make guys around him better. I, I cannot see myself using a number one pick for him. Um, now, Chip Kelly coming to UCLA, I'm not sure how Rosen fits in that system, but it could be an opportunity for Rosen to show his versatility to scouts. I know that Kelly's offense doesn't normally produce NFL quarterbacks, but when you have a skill set much like Josh Rosen, now he's a heck of a quarterback. He's a great passer. Uh, but it's between the it's between the ears. Hit a lot of his mistakes. Now, do the Cleveland Browns take Josh Rosen with the number one pick, or do they go with Bradley Chubb? I believe this is his name from NC State. Someone on the defensive side. That would put them two years in a row selecting a defensive lineman, the number one pick. It's a, they're in a tough spot. Call in, let me know what you think the Cleveland Browns do with their number one pick or their number four pick at that as well. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome back last year's MVP contender, Isaiah Thomas. In Isaiah Thomas's return, he scored 17 points in nine minutes, shot 50% from the field, went three for eight from the three-point line, and he went two of four from the free throw line. Also in the game, the Cavaliers snapped a three-game losing streak as they were able to defeat the Portland Trail Blazers 127 to 117. Thomas entered the game around 433 in the first quarter. Um, now, it was a little scary for me because I don't know how much contact he's endured in his rehab, but uh, only second possession, he stumbled and fell, but he got up with no injuries at all, so he isn't a walking glass man. Now, Isaiah Thomas may not be getting a match contract, but he's going to get a great deal of money to stay in Cleveland if he continues to perform well. Now, I can definitely see him being a bargaining chip for LeBron. And LeBron saying, I need you to secure IT in order for me to give you a one-and-one deal. So that's like a one-year plus a player option deal. I don't ever see LeBron James signing a long-term, like a multi-year deal just because he wants to always benefit from getting max dollars whenever he sees opportunity so now if Isaiah Thomas is able to perform well or as well as he did in Cleveland I mean in Boston will he be able 
to sway LeBron into allowing him to stay in Cleveland because I could definitely see Chris Paul doing a sign and trade and then they shipping Isaiah Thomas to I believe like his fourth team um, that's how that's how much LeBron that's how that's how much I think LeBron wants to play with his friends since they've always said they wanted to play together. I think the only one that wouldn't work out is Melo because Melo seems to care more about money than he does about winning. In this world of hot takes and opinionalism, my opinion is Tristan Thompson, Amon Schumpert, and maybe the Cavs first round pick uh, will be traded away to New Orleans for Boogie Cousins. It sounds crazy, but for nah, it's, it's gonna have to be the Nets pick. It's gonna be the Brooklyn pick. Tristan Thompson and Amon Shumpert right before the deadline to New Orleans for Boogie Cousins. Um, and then Boogie will likely re-sign with the Cavaliers and that would further secure LeBron James for the future but until then I have a question for you is Isaiah Thomas the missing piece um, he, now he ain't he, he isn't he isn't the greatest defender and stopping Golden State and stopping Houston who both are loaded with shooters you need defense and he he doesn't thrive in defense but he can give you that scoring option and that boy on offense that was left by Kyrie so is he really the missing piece that LeBron believes he is hey what's up Tay just want to fill you in on my thoughts when it comes to those Hall of Fame questions you had I definitely believe James Harrison should be in the Hall of Fame with over 80 sacks in his career, two-time Super Bowl champion, defensive player of the year, multiple first team and second team, all defense. So that resume, you can't even argue it. Now, when it comes to Derrick Rose, I believe he will get in it, but I don't believe he should. He was um, MVP of one season. Never got close to NBA Finals, though. Only spent one year in college, and that year got stripped, even though he didn't win the ring anyway. So... I don't think he should be, but I'm pretty sure he will be. So, yeah. That was my thoughts, man. I'm going to keep listening to the pie. You're doing a great job, bro. Keep it up, man. Peace. Man, I definitely agree with you on the James Harrison uh, Hall of Fame talk. Now, what the uniqueness of the Derrick Rose case is he played in an era where... He faced the greatest of all time, one of the greatest of all time, before he could ever get to the finals. Like, LeBron was invincible his four or five years of the Derrick Rose era. That was probably unprecedented as far as scoring guards go. Um, the aggressiveness, the way that he played will always be in 
the way he changed the game in a sense of the, the style of guard that teams want it want, will look for now they look for the athletic uh, explosive guards but I, I it's so unique that I, I don't have an answer right now but if we're just looking at his resume no he doesn't get in but there's so many other factors that that people that goes through voters heads that they aren't really supposed to think about it's what you see on paper um, I think him not really loving the game in the last three or four years will hurt him um, you know they're not supposed to take that into consideration but they're human they will take all things Derrick Rose into consideration but it's really it's really really hard to to make a decision on Derrick Rose but if I had to today I say no um, if anybody else has any um, opinions on the James Harrison being in the Hall of Fame or Derrick Rose being in the Hall of Fame definitely call in via anchor or leave a voicemail uh, the voicemail number is 769-242-1615 and I definitely like to hear what a lot of you guys think about James Harrison and Derrick Rose being in the Hall of Fame now over the next two games the Oklahoma City Thunder will be in Los Angeles facing the Los Angeles Lakers and the Los Angeles Clippers on back-to-back -back nights and with that comes the speculation or the questions regarding Paul George's desire to play and stay in LA and Paul George has not backed down from reporters as when he was asked about if he regrets mentioning making public that he would like to play for the Lakers he said he had no regrets at all and he was asked about what he wanted to do for the upcoming season for the upcoming offseason he said it's not his focus he's focusing on winning with his current team <laughs> that sounds like I'm not coming back I'm just here in a check but I'll see y'all next summer to the LA media then George added he said all that was said was a destination I would love to go to there wasn't you know a hey go and point to the head send me here I stayed at somewhere that I wanted to play you asked 80 to 70 percent of the guys in the league they would love to go back home and play for their city play for their home that's all I stated I would love to go back home and play for my city so no regrets at all no regrets at all I thought this trade went down was a win-win for both sides. Down here in the South, we have a saying, um, don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. And that's what Paul George is doing. He knows that the Oklahoma City Thunder got the better of the deal by getting a, a max player. Not saying Sabonis and Oladipo haven't worked out in Indiana. They've overperformed in Indiana, especially Oladipo. But I still believe, in the long run, the Pacers got more 
I mean, the Thunder got more than the Pacers did. Now, as the fifth seed, behind the Warriors, Rockets, Spurs, and Timberwolves, you gotta wonder if the Thunder are doing enough to keep Paul George happy. It, does he feel like a contender? Because Paul George is at the point in his career where he wants to win now. And with the possibility of having two max players in L.A., um, around, along with a young core, they could be in contention in two to three years, but not the very next season like he wants to be. So, as of right now, it looks like OKC may be his best option. But they just have to find a way to work through their chemistry issues. Now, in my opinion, Paul George isn't an alpha dog. He's a, uh, he's a supporting superstar. Meaning, he isn't a guy that you want to build your team around, but he's an awesome second option. So he works very well in Oklahoma City. He works very well in L.A. if they were able to get a Boogie Cousins or a or a LeBron James. Um, he would work best as a as a as a supporting member of a team and not as the focus of the team. And it's not like trading Paul George is an option because teams are well aware that he has a desire to live and play back home in LA. So my greatest question to you all, my listeners, would be would it be smart for the Oklahoma City Thunder to try to trade away Paul George or wait till the offseason and see what happens since Paul George probably wants to win more than he wants to get back home so he may sound like a one in one um, I just want to know what other people think about it because I believe Paul George is definitely headed to LA and that the Oklahoma City Thunder have uh, have lost, will end up losing on that end of the trade more on the basketball front let's talk about the Milwaukee Bucks aka Team Futuristic according to Jalen Rose what will they do with Jabari Parker because he, he he's going to be returning soon and the reason I ask is because he's been plagued by injuries you don't really know what you got you've seen flashes you remember what he did at Duke you remember what he did at Simeon High in Chicago he was supposed to be the next LeBron he was the next big thing but injuries have robbed him of a lot of the hype and now trade rumor talks about the Bucks trying to trade him for DeAndre Jordan. Um, they could try packaging him with, say, a Tony Snell and um, try to get somebody like Rodney Hood, who has proven himself in Utah. Because I think what you really need in Milwaukee is to surround... Giannis Ankatatumpa. Ugh, I probably said that wrong. 
surround him with shooters much like the Cavaliers have done with LeBron so it's going to be interesting to see what the Bucks decide to do with a player like Jabari Parker who who is a, who has really great talent and potential but he's just injury riddled and in Los Angeles it has become Blake Griffin's team and I don't know how well that sits with DeAndre Jordan because he's less of a focus on offense now and he the offense runs through Blake Griffin who is trying to become a point forward so I can definitely see DeAndre Jordan being shipped um he's been talked about in Milwaukee and I believe the Cavaliers could also make a run for him around the trade deadline so what Griffin is trying to do in Cleveland is surround LeBron with a team that he wants to come back to I have a question in the next five years would you rather have the Philadelphia Sixers or the Los Angeles Lakers I mean with the Sixers, you get Embiid, but you also get Embiid's injuries. And then you lack shooters in your prized draft picks in, in Ben Simmons and Markel Fultz. They're not shooters. Now, in LA, you also have a prized guard who isn't really a shooter, like much of the league is trending. So, Lonzo lacks shooting ability, but in LA, you have a chance of getting LeBron and the roster of the Lakers has a lot more trade value than that of the Sixers so you can make a lot of moves over the next five years with the Lakers roster and Brandon Ingram has all the makings to be a great superstar so that probably adds more value to him to other teams because they see the potential in Ingram so you could always move Ingram for a superstar or move Ingram in a pick for a elite role player so listeners call in let me know what you think would you rather have the 76ers roster in the next five years or the Los Angeles Lakers roster in the next five years once again you can call in via anchor you can call in via voicemail 769-242-1615 is the voicemail. Let me know what you all think.